One and all, welcome to the latest, the greatest Nick's nonfiction here with your host. My name is Walter Hartwell White. Today on the show, we got an all-time classic, Hardy Miller's Death of a Salesman. Death of a Bachelor. Fallout Boy fans, we've heard the story. Maybe some of us were forced to read it. Today we put a Nick's nonfiction filter on Arthur Miller's classic. Willie Loman, probably the biggest loser in the history of fiction. This guy, real depressing story, not gonna lie. After many years on the road as a traveling salesman, Willie Loman realizes he has been a failure as a father and as a husband. His sons, Happy and Biff, aren't successful enough by his terms. His career starts fading, Willie scrapes into the dreamy reminiscence of an idealized past. It's like a boomer anthem, this book. Our generation hasn't realized it yet, we're the exact same people. They're addicted to TV, we're addicted to TikTok. If you're close to a breakdown in your cubicle, don't listen to today's show. It's a full-on existential episode. Quote, I don't know what the hell I'm working for sometimes. I sit in my apartment all alone. I think of the rent I'm paying, and it's crazy. But then, it's what I always wanted. My own apartment, a car, plenty of women, and still, goddammit, I'm lonely. After all the highways and the trains and the appointments and the years, you end up worth more dead than alive. It's gonna get dramatic. We gotta try to add some humor in here. Did you hear about the traveling pasta salesman? His commission was penne on the dollar. I'm thinking of becoming a door-to-door salesman. Parachute for sale. Once used, never opened. What do you call an Irish outdoor furniture salesman? Patio furniture. We'll be right back. About the author Artie Milley. Arthur Asher Miller. Born October 17, 1915, died February of 2005, was an American playwright, essayist, and screenwriter in the 20th century American theater. Among his popular plays were All My Sons, 1947, Death of a Salesman, 49, The Crucible, 1953, and A View from the Bridge, 1955. The Crucible sucked, but it had some hot actresses in the movie. You gotta leave the witch trials to someone who was actually there, my boy Nasty Nate. He was on the beat. Students, want to know how to get an A on everything? Commit adultery in the 17th century. (laughs) Miller was encouraged to write this because his father lost everything in the 1929 Wall Street crash. His first play, No Villain, is also about financial ruin. So I'm saying this one sums up all of his work. Last fact, Arthur Miller was married to Marilyn Monroe. He had a wife first, and then he left her for Marilyn. 1956, they got married. Jackie Kennedy says, John, did you sleep with Marilyn Monroe? He replied, I had to, Jackie. Not because she was easy, but because I was hard. (laughs) What did JFK say after banging Marilyn Monroe? Some men have greatness thrust upon them. Some men bust upon greatness. Have you ever studied the similarities between the JFK and Lincoln assassinations? The night before Lincoln's assassination, he was in Monroe, Maryland. The night before JFK was assassinated, he was in Maryland, Monroe. Stay tuned. Arthur Miller, all-time classic, coming up.
Chapter Act One Arthur Miller's Death of a Salesman The Lomans. I'm gonna wear that button off my soundboard. <laughs> the play opens up on a Monday evening in the Loman household, Brooklyn, New York. Lily Loman is a now 63-year-old traveling salesman returning from a trip early. Linda Loman greets her exhausted husband, knowing he's hanging on by a thread. Lily's been confusing past and present events, and he's falling into trances while driving. You guys want me to read all the stage directions? Aside left. Move stage forward left. And all of that's backwards. The story begins. Linda suggests that Willie ask his boss, Howard Wagner, to be assigned the job in New York. Willie's hesitant. Linda still convinces him to tell Howard about all of his accomplishments. It's kind of sounding like Linda doesn't understand the workplace. Your boss is going to be like, why are you telling me that you're doing your job? This is why I hired you. For some reason, the family's coming over on a Monday afternoon. Their adult son's Biff and Happy visiting. This gets me angry. Plays don't make sense. Time and space is suspended. There's like three sets they use. It's a Monday and the kids are coming. Whatever. <laughs> Things go from sweet to sour when Willie calls Biff a lazy bum. Linda chimes in. No, Biff is just lost. He needs to find himself. The night goes on. Willie does a 180. He figures maybe I could get Biff to do my traveling salesman job for me. That way, Howard will promote me. So now he's thinking like a businessman. Get my son in the pyramid scheme under me and that'll jack me up a notch. He's trying to manipulate his son to be just as depressed as he is. And we just started the story saying he's trancing out when he's driving. Very safe. Mom and dad go for a picnic. Again, on a Monday afternoon, <laughs> the sons stay at the apartment. It's about isolating certain characters. I'm saying plays are stupid, but it's you'll see. They put each character together and see how they react. Linda's calling out to Willie in the car. You're setting our son up for despair and failure. Willie drops the famous line, To suffer 50 weeks of the year for the sake of two weeks vacation, when all you really desire is to be outdoors and with your shirt off. And always to have to get ahead on the next fella. And still, that's how you build a future. <coughs> Gotta play the game to win. And there's a bunch of other options too. Biff secretly telling his mom, I want to be outdoors and work with my hands. And she's going, God damn, my husband's saying the same thing. They're not even communicating. Meanwhile... Biff's talking to his younger brother, Happy, about his sadness. I've always made a point of not wasting my life. Every time I come back here, I know that's all I've done is waste my life. Happy is like, maybe that's just what dad's making you think. What's more, like being miserable to cash checks or enjoying yourself? And again, there's arguments for both sides. You know, I want to win, but it's not everything. We're going to totally dismantle the American dream. Let's... Happy's a little bit younger. He's going, maybe you're right. I don't know what the hell I'm working for. Sometimes I sit in my apartment all alone. I think of the rent I'm paying. It's that quote from the beginning. He's sad even though Happy, the youngest one, is the most successful. He's got chicks in an apartment. He's going, whoa, seeing people on Snapchat with neon bar signs over them actually looks more fun than it is. So yeah, the parents come home. It's becoming more obvious that their dad is going through deeper delusions. Willie goes, don't say. 
tell you a secret, boys. Don't breathe it out to a soul. Someday I'll have my own business. I'll never have to leave home anymore. <laughs> That's how business works. Bigger than Uncle Charlie, because Charlie is not well-liked. He's liked, but not well-liked. I'm very well-liked in Hartford. You know the trouble is, people don't seem to take to me. What? Contradicting himself one fucking... He's gonna start his entrepreneurial pursuit at 63? It's possible. But this guy, you know I'm the most well-liked in town, but some reason people don't want to do business for me. It's delusions. And, like, there's deeper things here. Being likable isn't all that business is. Biff, he was working on a ranch, and he came home for this. He's going, I'm seeing similarities between me and my dad. We both want to be our own boss, but we never started the process. So that night, Happy heard Willie talking in his sleep about Biff. Linda was like, yeah, he does that every single night. And the next day, Happy tells Biff, you can't leave. This guy's going to crumble. <laughs> next morning... Willie's the first one up, sitting in the kitchen, stewing over his regrets. Why didn't I go to Alaska with my brother Ben? Ben, that man was a genius. That man was a success incarnate. What a mistake. He begged me to go. And last night at the dinner table, he was going, Oh my God, my brother's so dumb. He played himself. <laughs> at breakfast, Willie's telling the family again about the imaginary business. The way he describes it is like a salesman. You know, we'll go on vacation this summer. Everyone in town is going to respect us. So, like, what is this business, Dad? You're going to be eating so well. You're going to need a new belt. The business. What's the business? Sales 101. You just talk about the benefits, how happy the person's going to be, and you never mention the features of the product. <laughs> Think about all of the commercials you see. It's like we're being sold happiness. And again, be happy, but is that sustainable? Quote, Linda and Willie discuss his earnings from his trip to New England. Willie exaggerates his earnings and states that he sold $1,200 worth of product. Linda calculates to find he sold only $200 worth. His $70 commission isn't enough to cover their $120 in expenses. Willie refuses to pay for a new carburetor in his Chevy engine. And this is symbolic. <laughs> Act 2. Mr. Nice Guy. Linda isn't asking for anything, but Willie could pick up on all of her feminine dissatisfaction. When are we going to move to a new apartment? That's how women talk. You wait. Before it's all over, we're going to get a little place in the country, and I'll raise some vegetables, a couple of chickens. The boys will get married and come for a weekend. I'll build a little guest house. Um, I thought he was saying before that he wants to stay in his apartment forever. Bernard bursts in the door. This is one of Biff's old friends. I heard Biff's visiting. Biff's out. His parents chat him up. He's going, you know Biff used to cheat off of my papers? So this guy is like shattering the illusion the family has that Biff was such a smart kid. There's nothing the matter with him. You want him to be a worm like you? Biff's got spirit. Biff's got personality. <laughs> Willie pops off on Bernard. Like, this is Willie's epic flaw at this point. He's a salesman. He thinks personality is everything. It's the product. He che cheated to win the sun. And then Willie is <laughs> still losing his temper on people, but has this persona that he's an angel. Like, I'm saying he's such a hateable character, but you'll see later 
Arthur Miller says it's to represent the American dream. How you feel about Willie is how you feel about the dream. The carburetor's reminding Willie. He keeps talking about it. You know, I got to change my engine before I burn out. Next day, he goes into Howard's office. There were promises made across this desk. So now he's cursing out his boss. You mustn't tell me you've got people to see. I put 34 years into this firm. Howard, and now I can't pay my insurance. You can't eat the oranges and throw the peel away. A man is not a piece of fruit. (laughs) That's exactly what I do. I eat the orange and throw the peel away. (laughs) Like I'm saying, business is an inverted system. You have to use people as means. (laughs) It's, It's straight kind of evil. Biff and Willie start scheming. They go home and they're like, fuck it, neither of us are going to have a boss ever again. He's telling Biff, you need to go and get a loan for us to start our business. This is how you're going to do it. Walk in very serious. You are not applying for a boy's job. Money is to pass. Be quite fine serious. Everyone likes a kidder, but nobody lends him money. Don't be so modest, you always start too slow. Walk in with a big laugh. Don't look so worried. Start off with a couple good stories to lighten things up. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. Because personality always wins the day. Biff actually does an aside to the audience here. Some Shakespearean irony. He goes, that's the worst advice I ever heard. (laughs) You know, it was straight contradictions. That's why I was... Willie first tells Biff to be serious and quiet. And then he tells him to lighten the mood. Tell some stories. (laughs) Biff thinks working hard is the key to success. And the guy from the ranch. It's a less of a delusion than Willie. Having a likable personality will get you the loan. You gotta show them the numbers. And like... I'm telling you, it's the epic flaw in the book. There's gonna be a tragic flaw later. But it's... Niceness is not the biggest virtue. Especially in business. You kind of get paid to be a dick. That's what you're being as a boss. <laughs> I'm saying it's a good thing. Like, you need a drill sergeant. You need someone in that type of an environment. I don't know, man. That's not the game. You either got to ride someone's coattails to the top or stand on other people's shoulders. That's how comedy works, too. A meritocracy. Right, right, right. That night, Linda lets the boys in on some family secrets. She admits that their father has attempted suicide multiple times. And they're like, damn, that's crazy. (laughs) They both didn't really care. Happy tells Biff, yo, definitely don't take this job that he's trying to set you up for. That night, Charlie, it's one of Willie's friends. He arrives for a a card game. They have some small talk. Charlie offers Willie a job. Willie's insulted and then angrily, like, steams off. He starts talking about how Biff is his uh, the cause of all of his stress. <laughs> He's never going to reflect on his own mistakes. He's going to gossip. And Charlie's going, I got to drop some harder truth. Willie, when you're going to realize that them things don't mean anything, the only thing that you got in this world is what you can sell. And the funniest thing is that you're a salesman, and you don't know that. <sighs> Shit. Yeah, nobody cares how nice you are. What are you going to do for me? This part shows how dense of a character Willie is. Charlie's trying to cheer him up. Willie did some handiwork at Charlie's apartment once. 
And he's going, oh, you're going to offer me a job? Look at this crowd molding that I put up. You're a ladies' man. You don't even have handy skills. And Charlie's like, bro, didn't you tell me that story about your brother who offered you a job? You're about to make the same mistake. Of course, Willie doesn't realize it. He goes into a flashback. He told Biff and Happy about their grandfathers who made flutes as a traveling salesman before heading to Alaska for a gold rush. So he's thinking about his dad who was a salesman and went to the gold rush. And then he has another more important flashback it's of his boxing coach. He tells him, never fight fair. Act 3. Worst day ever. Next morning, Willie wakes up in high spirits. Biff already left to meet Bill Oliver, the lone guy. So Happy is also at his own meeting. Willie's getting ahead of himself. He's talking to Linda about their home in the country. Willie's so upbeat. He decides to try and go get his job back. Remember he just cursed out his boss? <laughs> Linda's like, while you're there, why don't you request an advance? What? So you're going to try to get your job back and a raise? <laughs> Willie suits up. He heads into the office. He attempts to ask Howard for a New York position. Howard's completely uninterested. He's like showing off his new tape recorder, the recordings of his children and his wife. He's just fucking with Willie. He's like, so you could have kept your old job and coped with technology <laughs> instead of being with your children. This is when it starts to get ugly. Willie finally sharing his desire to stop traveling. And Howard's going, Willie, there's no openings. He's begging, please, please, I'll take less money. And then he starts to reminisce about working for his father. He's going, you're the worm here. You're the one who took your dad's company and shat on it. So he shares the story of Dave Singleman. He was the well-respected, successful salesman who died the noble death of a salesman. He said it. He said the words. Dave Singleman was the ultimate salesman. Hundreds of people and buyers attended his funeral. Willie is like living in an older world when people had community he's japanese he thinks people have honor in business <laughs> bro we're glory whores in this country no morals no community no respect win <laughs> howard starts condescending willie he calls him kid hey kid we don't want you at the firm no more okay he goes pull yourself together seek some financial support for those sons of yours this is when I'd order the hit. There was a new movie this year, Fusion. It's about an ex-SAS sniper. And then he has to go and take shit from bosses in the normal world. <laughs> He's basically about to kill his boss. On the way home, Willie keeps playing the conversation in his head. And then he starts thinking about his brother offering him the job again. So he's finally coming to. And that same day, he drives to Charlie's office. <laughs> Like, he's in a fog, he's still hallucinating. And while he's in Charlie's office, he's telling stories about Biff's old football games. He's going, this is the moment. Biff lost in the finals, and that drove him to failure the rest of his life. Charlie's like, why are you here? What are you talking about? <laughs> and then he starts going, well, my son's actually down at the loan office now, so it's not that bad. Bernard is like, maybe it's because he failed math and never went to summer school. <laughs> So remember that kid before who Willie shat on in his own apartment? That's Charlie's son. He's like, your kid didn't even pass math. He didn't go to college. And you're blaming it all on a football game? 
And to add to this day of embarrassment, Bernard goes, I'm going to be at the Supreme Court tomorrow. Maybe your son could caddy my balls there. Yeah, he's, um, they're all dunking on him. Charlie offers him a job again, and he says no. Charlie gives him $50, <laughs> and he's like, I get a little bit more. My wife needs an advance. Quote, the key to success is never being well-liked, Willie. He responds, despite his endless years of effort, you end up worth more dead than alive. Funny, you know, after all the highways and the trains and the appointments and the years. So, you know, Willie's uh, in a dark place. That night, Happy and Biff go to Frank's Chop House. There's the waiter, a big scene with him. Happy is predicting all the beautiful chicks that are entering the bar. Impresses the maid of day. Biff enters. Happy is flirting with the chicks. Miss Forsyth, is that symbolic? It's pretty unhappy, this dinner. Biff takes his seat. He waited six hours to see Oliver, the lone guy. Oliver told Biff he was never really a salesman, but more of a shipping clerk, so even the son's getting disrespected. Miller makes it super clear here that Willie's exaggeration of what the family was, like, that's supposed to be what fucked everybody up. Maybe he was just giving them some confidence, okay? You sad fuck, Miller. Quote, Say you go to a church date with Oliver tomorrow. You'll leave the house tomorrow, come back at night, and say Oliver is thinking it over. And he thinks it over for a couple weeks. And gradually it fades away, and nobody's none the wiser. <laughs> so Happy's going, just let it fizzle out. Dad will forget about it. Willie pulls up to the chop house. He reveals to his sons that he was fired. Biff Devan's moving forward that Willie only talks factually. He's going, no more delusions. You gotta be honest if we're gonna do business. Biff attempts to explain what happened at the office, but Willie's just continuously interrupting him. So you didn't get the loan. Are we going to get the loan? So Happy's plan is not going to play out. Unlike Biff, Happy will indulge in Willie's fantasies. So Happy's like, fuck it, just let him fabricate his own reality. This guy's entire perception of the world is the only thing that's keeping him sane. He requiem for a dream himself. <laughs> that's what the American dream is. Go watch that movie. Quote, Dad, will you give me a minute to explain? Breaks off suddenly and angrily. Dad, you're not letting me tell you what I want to tell you. So this takes some good stage acting here. Willie interrupts him. Well, you failed math. This is going down at the chop house. <laughs> He's hitting him with ad hominem attacks. And this is the fucking straw that broke the camel's back. Biff tells his father, I can't talk to you anymore. Act 4, The Hose. Chop House devolved into chaos. And so did the plot moving forward. Arthur Miller is so fucking confident that he's pulling Marilyn Monroe, he's shifting into flashbacks mid-sentence. It kind of sucked here. During the restaurant scene, he had a memory of Linda, and it was when he was cheating on his wife. So he went up to Boston to do a sale, and then Biff... <laughs> went all the way up to Boston, took a train there to tell his dad that he passed math once. He shows up in the hotel, and the hooker hides in the bathroom. He's going, Dad, I finally did it. I got a D- minus in math. The hooker starts laughing. <laughs> the hooker comes out of the bathroom. You're cheating on Mom. No. Why? Back at the chop house, Willie's going, You're good for nothing, Biff. 
And then he slams it home. I don't have another appointment with Oliver. I only went for you. Willie's like, it can't be true, but our business. You're just like me, your father. And then Willie slips into another memory. <laughs> I don't know. Neither Biff or Willie have anything left to say. They're just like attacking each other's character at this point. So Happy invites some chicks over. And <laughs> they go, oh, that's so cute. You're sitting here with your brother and your dad. And he goes, I don't know these guys. He gets up and he leaves the restaurant with the chicks. <laughs> the scene ends when Willie goes fully into memory about the Boston Hotel. And yeah, he gave his son a pen that day and was like, do not tell your mother about this. And then the pen became a symbol of that. This is why my son always wants to be a businessman. That friggin' boxing coach told him to cheat before. I don't know if he meant cheat on your wife. <laughs> Willie is like, in both the past and the present, he's kneeling at the restaurant. Why? Why? Sir, you've been here for two hours. We're gonna have to ask you to leave. Biff and Happy, they wind up going home later that night. They bring their mom flowers. The mom throws the vase on the ground. She's going, I'm not your servant anymore. You left your father in the streets. So his mo mom's not even stable. <laughs> Later, Biff insists on speaking to Willie, who is planting in the garden late at night. And Linda's forbidding him from for approaching Willie. She's going, you boys are a bunch of animals. You can't be around each other right now. It doesn't matter. Willie and Biff are in the backyard at a certain point. He's talking to his imaginary brother, and Biff is just watching him. Willie is discussing with his imaginary brother his plan to commit suicide. And he's the imaginary brother's telling him, yo, the insurance policy is not going to pay out, and your son is probably going to think you're a coward. And instead, Willie is like going, the money is going to pay for the family. Biff is going to stand at my grand funeral in awe. <laughs> He's not even listening to the ghost or whatever. Quote, because Biff thinks I'm nothing to see, he spites me. But the funeral, that boy will be thunderstruck. He's never realized. I am known. He'll see it with his eyes once and for all. He'll see what I am. He's in shock, that boy. <laughs> I like the drive here. Like I'm saying, Willie's undoing isn't just happiness. His tragic flaw are the distorted families fantasies which leads to a distorted family one of those distorted fantasies the American dream question mark I don't know man against Linda's warning Biff storms in starts chatting up Willie Willie's still mad from the restaurant rot in hell Biff says that to his own son Willie accuses him of wasting his life <laughs> Biff's like, this is why I have to leave. We're not even talking to each other about business anymore. Biff whips out the rubber hose. He goes, I'm not going to pity you if you commit suicide. What? So exactly what his dad was just picturing, his son is like, I totally get it, dude. He's not going to think he's a coward. He understands. And like all of his other false delusions, this ungrateful kid, he'll see at my funeral. You're obviously suffering, dude. <laughs> Quote, I am not a leader of men, Willie, and neither are you. So he's going, these are the delusions that you fed our family. 
You never were anything but a hard-working drummer who landed in the ashtray like all the rest of them. You're a one-dollar-an-hour willy. <laughs> Do you gather my meaning? I'm not bringing home any prizes anymore, and you're going to stop waiting for me to bring them home. Damn, that's some American shit, right? We will move to America, and our children will be millionaires. You be doctor now! Everybody's, like, breaking up their family over delusions. <laughs> Again, it's good to have motivation. Think about all the young, hot Asian chicks on OnlyFans who were just so mad that their parents did that shit. It breaks up families. You're practically full of it. We all are, and I'm through with it. I stole myself out of every good job since high school, and I never got anywhere because you blew me so full of hot air that I can never stand taking orders from anybody. That's whose fault it is. Back to that movie Transfusion. Give it a watch. Takes the pen out of his pocket. And I looked at the pen and said to myself, What the hell am I grabbing this for? Why am I trying to become what I don't want to be? What am I doing at the office making a contemptuous begging fool of myself when all I want is to be out there? Waiting for me the minute I say I know who I am. Why can't I say that, Willie? Yeah, because I know more than you. Because I changed your diapers. <laughs> Biff feels bad for cutting loose. He realizes his dad isn't really pumping out any advice. So he breaks down crying in his dad's arms. And this is the only thing that made Willie happy. And the whole time he's thinking, my son doesn't love me. My funeral will show him. This is the only thing he has. <laughs> Later, Willie urges Linda to go to bed because he's lingering outside. And then that ghost of Ben reappears. And he starts arguing with the ghost again. Willie's like, I could get $20,000 in life insurance. He tells him, the jungle is dark but full of diamonds, Willie. <laughs> Delusions getting the best of him. He goes out for a midnight drive. And Willie wrecks the car. Like That's where the story should definitely end. But uh, Miller drags it out. They have the funeral. Biff is sobbing. We're free. We're clear. We're free. So the mom doesn't understand, but they did get the check for $20,000. As everyone exits the stage, the only thing left is the flute music. The apartment buildings above the Loman house come into sharp focus. End the scene. Bravo! <laughs> More about death at a funeral. The epilogue. Happy the kid who was obsessed with pussy. He winds up getting into business. And, like, he had the apartment and the girls before. He's just forgetting that whole realization. Biff, the ultimate underdog, he was that close to the American dream. He becomes more certain that Willie went against his nature by committing himself to the life of a salesman. So he probably should have moved, like, his brother and his grandpa to Alaska. Willie completed the payments on his home with his life support. Yeah. That's the dream, right? <laughs> Now, everybody wants to be rich and famous, so like anything short of that feels like a failure, especially with social media. They just banned it in France. I'm about to move to fucking Paris. No TikTok, no Instagram, no Twitter. Think about that. <laughs> Maybe happiness isn't always wanting more, it's just having gratitude. Arthur says, 
The final visual of the apartment building towering over the Loman home highlights both the failure to achieve such the American dream and the delusion that even a dream is possible in death. <laughs> I want all shooters at my funeral. In a thousand years, guys, my book show is going to be all over the place. I'm going to be America's next top comedian. It happens for people. But you just got to get to know your distorted fantasies and choose whether or not you want to entertain them. If you do it unwittingly, the American dream will eat your ass. Death of a Salesman by Arthur Miller. It's a good one. If you guys want some free memes, check out Harry Schwann on Instagram. Patreon.com slash niche for bonus books. We're going hard over there. Got a mystery edition coming up next week. And we'll do something like more fun economic this summer. Maybe bring back Michael Lewis. Actually, yeah, someone recommended Flash Boys, so for sure. I love you all. It was a fun one. Let's get a random soundboard effect to end it. That was a tactical nuke. I'll see you all in seven short days. Nick Muniz signing off. Peace!